And the Employment Law Show, welcome to it. You want to reach out, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll get to everything you need to know about termination for cause and some of your emails as well. And we'll talk about the pocket employment lawyer uh, just a little bit as well. We always start, though, uh, Lior, with a couple cases. The week that was been going on, stuff in your office. Yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, absolutely great to be back here and to talk more about employment law and, and workplace right and hopefully educate everyone listening about uh, their situation, their job, their boss, their severance, uh, their workplace entitlements. Uh, that's exactly what we're here to do as an employment lawyer. I, I get the privilege of speaking people with people and hopefully solving workplace problems every day. And I try to do this on the show as well. So listen in and hopefully you'll come across uh, some things that relate to your situation. If you don't or if you need more information, by all means, reach out to me, call me, email me, uh, whatever you need to do to, to connect with me. I'll be happy to talk to you. We'll give you that contact information as well as some other tools that you can use uh, throughout the show. So check that out. But week there was a couple of situations that came across my desk. We've talked before, John, on the show a lot about workplace harassment and specifically mm -hmm. about the fact that when an employer is faced with a harassment complaint, they have to investigate it. They have to conduct an investigation and, and figure out what happened and ultimately takes, take measures to fix that problem. But that duty to investigate is a serious one. An employer has to take it seriously and know what they're doing. They can't just say, we're going to have uh, Margaret in accounting come in and conduct an investigation. Right. She doesn't really know what she's doing. Well, I had a situation. A lady called me. She had uh, been mistreated and harassed. It was actually sexual harassment by a male colleague. She did the exact right thing. She went to speak with HR, and she told them what was going on. And HR initially appeared to be doing the right thing. They said, yes, we will investigate. We will come in and f figure out what's happening. Except this an, uh, HR person came in. She told everyone the nature of the allegation. Uh, she didn't keep anything confidential. Uh, it, it, there was no process there allowing her to, to properly present the information. And because of this shoddy investigation that was done, ultimately the HR person decided that no, uh, I can't verify that harassment happened. But beyond that, now that everyone knew this person's business, it made it very uncomfortable for her to continue working. So it was a disaster. It was an absolute disaster. Nothing happened as a result of the investigation except making her life more difficult and more uncomfortable at work. And she called me kind of at her wit's end, wanting to know, what do I do here with this situation? I went to HR hoping that they'll help me. and Instead, I find myself in a worse situation. Well, when it comes to investigating, there are, there are certain rules and obligations an employer has to follow. They can't just make it up as they go. And if they don't, if they conduct a bad investigation, if they don't properly collect information, if they don't keep things confidential, if they don't protect your privacy, then that is a constructive dismissal in a big way. Yeah. That could be a human rights violation. That can also be a violation of the Occupational Health and Safety Act. It's wrong. So by doing this, by HR dropping the ball in this investigation, by making this person's life more difficult, it's as if she's been terminated. And for her, that was such a relief. She did not want to continue. She felt, in fact, she felt she cannot continue in that workplace because of what happened. So I'm going to get her out of there. I'm going to get her the compensation that she's owed. And for, for everyone out there listening, employers and employees, an employer has to conduct an investigation when it comes to workplace harassment, but it has to be a serious investigation. Confidentiality, privacy has to be maintained. You have to give people ample opportunities to present information. You have to keep that information in confidence. And you have to do that in a way that, that that's 
right and it's reasonable. And if you're not sure how to do that, you have to bring in an outside investigator. If you don't do that, if you make it up as you go along, if you breach all these rules, you're going to find yourself in a situation where you've created a bigger problem than the one you were trying to solve to begin with. That's a very bad idea. one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca to reach out. Uh, what else you got going on? <laughs> Uh, I, 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 there's nothing inter- particularly interesting about this other scenario other than it was really one of the worst severance offers that I've ever <laughs> seen in my 16, 17 years of, of doing uh, employment law. So I spoke with a gentleman who had been working for a company for, for 24 years. Now, in that 24 years, he, he took one month off, okay? Well, he, he took a, he called this a sabbatical, except it was one month. He decided to go visit his family. Mm-hmm. So he was off working. He actually never planned on coming back to work, but after a month, he decided to come back. The company rehired him. One month and 24 years. Well, that, that month happened three years ago. And the company, when they let him go, they said, you're a three-year three year employee. employee. Yeah. We're going to offer you, because we're generous. We're going to offer you four weeks pay. Four weeks pay. Well, John, of course, that, that one month means nothing in the span of 24 years. The law ignores that one month, it, that one month absence. It, like, it never happened. So he's a 24-year guy. He's owed two years' pay. They offered him one month. Mm-hmm. This guy is well-paid. The difference for him was over $200,000. Uh, it's a terrible offer. And I wanted to bring this up here as a reminder, number one, that if you're losing your job, if you lost your job, concerned about it, you got to get legal advice because you don't know. You may have additional entitlements. This guy thought, hey, it may be possible that because I took that one month off when I, when I quit, I'm only a three-year employee. That's why it's so important to get advice. And beyond that, also a reminder about leaves of absence. If you are gone and then come back to the company, in many cases, that absence, that gap can be disregarded. And if it's disregarded, you have more service. And service, of course, is the main factor in determining how much severance you're owed. So again, the devil's in the details. Don't assume something to be true. Don't assume, oh, I'm only a two-year employee. You may actually have a lot more service credited to you than you realize. What is there a a rubric or is there a, a definite amount of time, a threshold to how would it count in 24 years if he's gone for six months, a year, two years? What would it be it, where he is a new employee? Obviously, the longer you work, right. the more gap you know you can sustain without it being considered new employment. I, I would say after 24 years, probably he could be gone for up to a year wow, and it would still be considered continuous service. Especially when if the company hires him, if they, if they treat him like he's not a new employee, if they treat him like he's been there before, they don't put them on probation, right? Yeah. They don't uh, say you're starting now at the bottom of, uh, of the ladder. So, yes, in many cases, now, if you're only working for two years and you're gone for a year, well, that's not going to work, sure. right? But the longer you work, if you even if there's a gap, the law may consider that gap to have never happened. And then that means if you are let go, you get more severance. Everything you need to know about termination for cause is on the way. In the meantime, write the number down to reach out, contact 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Lots more is on the way. Just getting warmed up. The Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. Employment Law Show, we are back. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Everything you need to know about termination for cause. So different types of termination, getting right into it. What are they? So there's two different types of termination. We're going to talk about termination for cause, but the mm-hmm. most common termination is a termination without cause. A termination without cause is essentially your your standard termination, cost cutting, restructuring. I don't like you too much, but it's not that bad. I'm going to let you go. Right. Most terminations fall in that category. And really that means and your employer is letting you go 
not because of something awful that you did. It's simply their reason. They're allowed to do that as long as they pay you severance. So remember, if you got severance, pretty much you can be let go for any reason as long as there's no discrimination. So that's category number one. Category number two, which is going to, what we're going to spend some time talking about, is a termination for cause. And a termination for cause is reserved for the worst offenders. A termination for cause can only happen if the employee did something so bad that it's impossible to continue employing them. It's a very high standard. It's a, and if it, that standard is met, the employer can mm -hmm. let the employee go without severance. But because we consider that to be uh, a big deal, to be let go without severance, it's like the capital punishment. Right. It's not enough that you've done something wrong. It's reserved for the worst offenders. And what we're going to be talking about is the fact that in many cases, maybe most cases, employers try to terminate for cause before they reach that level. And I always like to talk about cause kind of like being pregnant. It's either you are or you're not. Either there is cause or there isn't. You can't be 90% cause. Either there's 100% or not, not at all. And employers often don't want to get to 100%. They think 90% is good enough, and it's absolutely not. It sounds like it's a, uh, a pretty high threshold. So in that regard, how difficult is it to establish cause? It really is difficult. It is difficult because, like I said, because it's the capital punishment, it should be difficult. It should be only in situations where the employee did something very, very bad. So termination for cause will happen if there's one of the the, the, the worst offenses, if you know what I mean, like a theft, violence, mm -hmm. a fraud, sexual assault, sexual harassment. Yes, if you've committed one of those bad offenses, yes, you can be let go for cause. In most other situations, because it's so difficult to terminate for cause, even if you've done something wrong, it's not enough. The employer has to build up a case. They have to show that there's repeated conduct, that they've warned you. Only then can they consider terminating you for cause. A lot of people equate doing something wrong with cause. Right. Well, doing something wrong does not equal cause. It equals you did something wrong, so what? You can still be let go, but that is a without cause termination. That means you have to get paid your severance. So it is difficult. And because it's difficult, I see a lot of employers not wanting to put in the work, build up the case, get to that 100%. They want to take shortcuts, and that never works. By the way, I want to reach out to 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca, talking about things you need to know. In fact, everything you need to know about termination for cause. Is the length of one's employment a factor in termination for cause? It, it really is, uh, simply because if you've worked somewhere for a long period of time, it's assumed, right or wrong, but it's assumed that you must know what you're doing. You must be doing a, a pretty decent job if you've been there for about 20 years or what have you. So that means it's going to be that much more difficult to terminate you for cause. The employer really is going to have to show that all of a sudden this employee that's been with us for got 20 bad. years yeah. got bad. Something yeah. happened. They just uh, you know, turned from Dr. Jekyll to Mr. Hyde. You right. know, it, it, it's not... It's not something that's likely to happen. So even though it's always difficult to terminate for cause, it doesn't matter if you work for six months, it's still difficult. It's that much more difficult to terminate a long service employee for cause. The employer has to put in even more work, provide even more warnings, more opportunities to improve before they can consider a termination for cause. And you know what I see often? I see an employee working for 20 years or however long, Everything's fine, no problem. They get a new boss. Now, all of a sudden, they can't do anything right. Well, what's more likely? Is that the employee became bad because they have a new boss or that the new boss is something wrong with them? It's right. probably the new boss. So if you're working and you've been fine and now your new boss comes in and all of a sudden, you're on the chopping block, you can't be, you, you're not doing anything right. 
it's probably not cause. It's probably your employer is either unreasonable or your boss has expectations that don't make sense or maybe they're trying to find a way to get rid of you to bring in someone else. It's not going to be cause. If you're let go for cause, then that's a wrongful dismissal. Yeah, your 20 or 30-year guy, that's a classic case of he'd have to take a swing at somebody or steal property. I mean, right away, even at that length. Yeah, it's it's gonna be if you're late twice this week and you've been here for you twenty go? years. No way. I mean, <laughs> listen, not not good being late. I'm yeah. not suggesting that it is, but to let a, a long service employee go for cause for being late. Yeah. yeah, that's not gonna happen, John. No way. Do you get any severance if you're fired for cause, or is there a situation where you do? So the general rule is that if you, if the employer really does have cause, right. if they dotted their eyes, they crossed their t's, they built up their case, and there is cause then no, you would not get severance. And that's what oftentimes the, the employer is trying to do, to put themselves in the situation where they don't have to pay that hefty mm-hmm. severance bill. But the interesting thing is, in some situations, even if there is cause, you may be entitled to some severance. Not all of it, some. Now, unless the employer can show that the employee is guilty of willful misconduct, they'll still have to pay them their minimum entitlements. Cl- classic example of, the, of a case that I had years ago that uh, brings that to light. I spoke with a, uh, a, a forklift driver working for one of the bigger retailers. Right, right. And he was a pretty crappy forklift driver. He kept getting into accidents. <laughs> Dropped and, a few pallets. Yeah, and, and time and time again. And the uh, employer did the right thing. They, they kept warning him. They put it in writing. You got to shape up, dude. You got to do a better job. And you know what? This guy still kept doing the same thing. So they, he was let go, and the company said, cause, we're not, letting, we're not paying you anything. And mm-hmm. they were right. That was cause. Right. But because it wasn't willful misconduct, he wasn't getting into accidents with his forklift on purpose. Right. He was just not good. He was still owed his minimum entitlements, which for him, I think, ended up being something like 18 weeks pay or, mm-hmm. or somewhere uh, along those lines. Not bad. So remember, even if there is cause, but it's not willful misconduct, you may still be owed compensation. Gotcha. We'll take a, a short break and right back at it. Everything you need to know about termination for cause, some more talking points in that regard. one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. It's the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. The Employment Law Show continues to reach out, get a hold of Lior and the crew. one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. Everything you need to know about termination for cause, where we're going this one okay how common is it for an employer uh to try to terminate for cause when there really isn't any john i speak literally every week uh with people that have supposedly been let go for cause when the company said no no severance for you did something wrong 90 percent of these matters nine out of ten there isn't cause and in the vast majority it's not even close okay it's really one out of ten when i look at it and say yeah no there's cause here and there's nothing to be done so how common? Gosh, it's very, very common. Nine out of ten times. So if you're looking at that severance letter that says, we're letting you go for cause and here's why, there's probably about a nine out of ten chance, 90% chance that, that, that there isn't cause, that there's still entitlements that you have. And because, as I said, cause is all or nothing, if the company is at 99 but not 100%, you get your full severance. Oh. This is not a situation where because they're kind of close, you're going to get less no, you get your full entitlement. So chances are, unless you did something bad, you stole, you hit someone, you sexually harassed somebody, you committed fraud, unless you did one of those things and you're let go, it's probably not cause. So if you're talking chances, how many chances should an employee get before their employer can fire them for cause? And whenever I talk about this topic, employers always ask me, okay, so you've convinced us there we have to build up a case, you have right. to give advance warning, got it. But how many warnings? 
How many times do we have to warn somebody before we can consider termination, termination for cause? Well, it's tough to answer that because it really does depend on what is the offense that's being committed and, and what the employee is. We talked about a 20-year employee that's late twice. Well, you know, that employee is probably going to be entitled to a bunch of warnings before they could be considered right. to be terminated for cause, probably five, six, eight uh, before. So that's a bit of an extreme situation. But if I have to provide a general guideline, before you can terminate for cause, probably you want to have three warnings before you're in cause territory. Now, obviously, the more serious the misconduct, the less warnings you have to provide. Uh, and in some situations, you don't have to provide any warnings. If someone's stealing from you, you don't have to say, hey, I'm warning you next time, don't steal from me. You can just terminate for cause. Right. But generally speaking, in most cases, when we're talking about misconduct, bad performance, something that's not acceptable, you want to have three warnings on file in writing. Remember, if it's not in writing, it doesn't exist before the company can let go for cause. And if you're the employee and you haven't received these three or so warnings, but you've been still terminated for cause, that is likely not cause. That is likely a wrongful dismissal. Well, that's why I was just going to ask, so how does an employer build a nice tight case for cause? And it goes back to in writing always, right? Always in writing. It's that, yeah. One thing for the employer to say, oh, we've talked to Bob several times about his bad performance. Yeah, prove no, it. prove it. Exactly. And it's the employer that has to prove it. Right. Bob doesn't have to disprove it. Nice. So if the employer can't prove it, they're not going to get anywhere. It has to be in writing. Uh, and for the employee, again, if you're put in that situation, getting a bad performance review, you don't agree with it, you put something in writing. Tell your employer why you disagree with it. Tell your employer why it's not accurate. Don't make it easier for the employer to let you go for cause. Now, for that employee that has been let go for cause, how, let, uh, how will that firing affect their job prospects moving on? Well, think about it. If you're going to go to a job interview and the first thing they'll ask you, at least that's kind of the first thing I ask when I interview someone is, well, tell me what happened with the last job. Why aren't you there anymore? And you can lie and say, oh, it was a restructuring. Never a good idea because if it turns out later that you lied, that could be a problem with the new job. So that's option one. Option two is you tell the truth. I was let go for cause. Yeah. Well, what do you think is going to happen if you say in an interview that you've been let go for cause? In other words, you're saying I was my employer considered me to be so bad that they let me go for cause. Now can I have a job? Yeah, we'll let you know. Yeah, I'll get back to you on this. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't wait by the phone. Yeah. Uh, so likely not, not a good idea. So being let go for cause, not only does it mean you're not, you don't get severance, that mm -hmm. means that you could have your job, your future job prospects be impacted, which is why that much more important to get uh, advice to, to properly deal with that situation. If you've been let go for cause, not only, if, if assuming that cause is not legitimate, not only can we get you the compensation, get you that severance that you're owed, we can get the company essentially to rewrite history, to consider this to be a without cause termination, mm -hmm. to even give you a letter of nice. reference. So that when you go interview for another job, you can say, no, no, I was let go without cause. And here's my letter of reference. That's going to help you find another job. Being let go for cause and not doing anything about it, letting it stand, can absolutely impact your ability to find a job. Look, the phone number is one 821 5900 It's help at employmentlawyer.ca. I want to talk about the uh, pocket employment lawyer. We've got a couple minutes. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. And we've talked about this a bit on the last few shows, John. And it's a tool that I created. It took a long time, actually, to create oh. it and to structure it to allow people to get advice about their specific situation. We created the Severance Pay Calculator website uh, some years ago to help find, uh, someone find out how much severance that they're owed. I thought, well, why can't I have a program that allows someone to find out if they've been constructively dismissed, if their human rights have been violated, if they're an employee or an independent contractor? 
uh, if they've been uh, properly cut off or not properly cut off from their disability leave and more. So that's what the pocketemploymentlawyer.ca website does. You can check it out right now. Grab your smartphone, uh, tablet, whatever it is, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, and they'll take you to, through a few questions. You don't have to put in your name. It's anonymous. It's free. There's no strings attached. It's for you to have information and to get some idea about your rights in your situation. It's something you need to have. It's in, a lot of people don't contact lawyers some, because they, they either think, I don't want to waste a lawyer's time. I'm afraid they're going to charge me. Mm-hmm. None of that should concern you. But if you're still concerned, now there really is no excuse pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You could do it yourself. You could get that information. And frankly, before you call me, before you call a lawyer, check it out. Yeah. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That, that's how easy it is to use. Uh, and if you want to, right from that website, once you're done and get your information, you can contact me directly from that site. So check it out. You know, it's funny. You just launched this thing recently. And I, we look back at uh, when it was just Severance Pay Calculator. I think at our last uh, our last round, it was 750 thousand people is that insane it's yeah crazy three yeah seven hundred and fifty thousand people have used it uh seven hundred and fifty thousand people have learned about their rights i'm hoping that the uh, pocket employment lawyer because it does so much more will have even more people using right. it it's not maybe not a severance issue by the way it can calculate severance yep. as well it could do so many things pretty much every important thing that i do i try to put in that pocket employment lawyer.ca and by the way did i mention it's completely free exactly We'll take a short break. We'll get into the question you get every day. Lior, what do I do? Dot, dot, dot. That's on the way. So you might have some questions in your head as well. one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca through email, which we'll get to later on as well. It's the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. Employment Law Show continues to reach out. The phone number, one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca. I know the common question. I mean, you talk about it every time you're on the air. You get the phone call, Lior, what do I do about this, right? So I know you've <laughs> yep. compiled a, a list of stuff. I want to get through these. Lior, what do I do if I've been placed on a temporary layoff with no set return date? What are my rights? Well, what you should do and what's no. what I would do and so what I would tell my, my friends and my family to do is to treat your employment as being terminated. And you may think, well, no, no, you didn't listen, Lior. I I didn't say termination. I said temporary layoff, temporary layoff. I just want to know what to do about it. Well, no, I I did listen and I I know exactly what you mean. The reason why I said termination is in the eyes of the law, a temporary layoff is a termination. A temporary layoff is something that the employer does not have a right to do in most cases. If you've been laid off temporarily, it gives you the right, the option to treat that as a termination and say, I'm not accepting this. I'm not going to sit at home, fingers crossed, waiting that you'll call me back. I'm simply going to treat this as a termination, make you pay me my full severance now, and I'll move on to a different job. Right. Okay? So that's what I would do. And the reason why I would do that is because if you don't do that, if you sit at home and wait to be called, number one, you may not be called back. In the meantime, your money runs out. But even if you get called back to work and you go back, by doing that, by going back to work, by, by playing along, with this temporary layoff, you've given the company the right to do it again. And the next time they do it two months later, you won't be able to do anything about it. You will have no chance but to sit at home, fingers crossed. So that's why with the temporary layoff, I say it's better to treat that as a termination. Now, some jobs are, uh, by their very nature, uh, they're seasonal. So it's assumed you'll be uh, laid off, like landscaping, for example. Pool cleaning. Pool cleaning. Not a lot in January. uh, Roofers, et cetera. So if they're seasonal, it's assumed you're going to be laid off temporarily. But most jobs, they're not seasonal. Most jobs, if uh, you've been laid off temporarily, you can treat that as a termination. That's what I would do. If you're not sure if you, do, if you should do that, if you're not sure if that applies to you, 
Give me a call. Let's talk about it. You know, I remember years ago you were talking about this this very thing, and you made it really clear when you said, you know, if they put you on a temporary layoff, they have given you a hundred percent pay reduction. How would you like that? Exactly. That's what. You don't get paid. Yeah, people don't don't struggle with the idea if there was a 50% pay reduction, they'll know, yeah, that's a termination, that's a constructive dismissal. Right. Well, temporary left, it's a 100% pay reduction. You get paid <laughs> right. bupkis, nothing. nothing, zero. So clearly that is a constructive dismissal, that's a termination. Next one, our list, Lior, what do I do? My manager is putting me on a performance improvement plan. I'm worried that they will use this then to fire me. What should I do? Well, you're probably concerned to be uh, concerned. Uh, you're right to be concerned, yep. I should say, in that they're probably trying to do that, to build up that case, to use that at some point to as, as reason to let you go. So what should you do? Well, you don't play along. You don't play into their hands. So you, you, if it's legitimate, not much you can do about it. If you did it and it's 100% true and factual and accurate, fine. But if it's not 100% true, factual, and accurate, say so. Put that in writing. By doing that, you're not going to be considered to have accepted it. You're going to make it difficult for the company to let you go. You're going to put your position in writing there, and, and they can't ignore it. They have to take that into consideration, even if they don't say anything at all. By doing that, you're going to have, number one, more of a chance to not lose your job, number one. And number two, even if you do lose your job, you're going to be much, much better off and much easier way to show that this is not cause. So silence is the same as saying, I agree. So what do you do? You respond in writing by email. Here's why I don't agree. Here's what you need to know. Here's what actually happened. Don't be aggressive about it. Don't be a jerk about it. But absolutely put your position in very clear terms in writing. Send that to your employer. That's what you have to do. Reaching out is simple, by the way, one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca as well. The questions you get to almost daily, Lior, what do I do? The boss has given, me half, has given half my hours to a new younger employee. Can they do that? <laughs> we talked on a recent show about age discrimination right. and the aging workforce. No, they cannot do that. Certainly... Even aside from age, okay, even uh, even aside from age, they simply took your responsibilities and gave them to someone else. That's a constructive dismissal. But if it's because of age, they thought, well, we need someone younger in this role. So we'll take your responsibilities and give them to someone younger. That's age discrimination. That's illegal. That's a human rights violation. So what do you do? Number one, I, what I would do is I would express those concerns to the employer in writing in case there was a misunderstanding, in case there's something that you don't know about. But beyond that, you got to reach out to me. I know it sounds self-serving, but you have to. If you your responsibilities have been taken away, age-related or otherwise, you have a right to treat that as a constructive dismissal. But you don't want to just walk out of the job. You don't want to say, that's it. Uh, forget you guys. I'm out of here. No, we have to do this correctly. We have to do this properly. We have to preserve your rights. So you call me as soon as possible, and I'll help you. What if our listeners are thinking, hey, man, I'm in that situation, but uh, ha, 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 you know, jokes on them. They didn't reduce my pay. Can it still have pitfalls? Absolutely. So it's a very good question because constructive dismissal can happen if your job changes, even if your pay stays the same. If you're now uh, taking a role that's less senior or with less responsibilities, less prestige, or some, I've seen situations where someone essentially been stripped of all their obligations and they're sitting in their office with nothing to do. I'm in. Yeah, where do we <laughs> but, sign up? Yeah. But, but some people are harder working than you and I. Of course. And they, they want to work and they don't yep. want to be twiddling their yep. thumbs and, and they don't like that idea and, and they, they take pride in what they do. Uh, and that can be a constructive dismissal, even if the pay is the same. So if your responsibilities are taken away, even if your pay is the same, some may, may, may like that. 
Others can absolutely treat that as a constructive dismissal. If that happened, reach out to me. You bet, Lior. What can I do? We'll get to more of those questions, as I'm sure you have a ton of them in your head as well. You want to reach out by phone, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. It's the Employment Law Show. This is Global News Radio. Employment Law Show, we are back at it. Yeah, the number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to reach out through email. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And if you haven't been to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, there's all kinds of functions on that website, whether it's your desktop, your phone, or your uh, your tablet. Check it out, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Uh, Lior, what do I do? The HR manager is coming to uh, meet me with me on Friday. I'm sure she's going to let me go. What do I do about it? The reason why I actually put this on the list, because as I was preparing uh, today's topic, I actually got an email uh, essentially saying that, you know, I, I, uh, I've been called into a meeting, uh, HR on Friday. I'm pretty darn sure they're going to let me go. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Well, you know, the, the unfortunate thing, and I get this question asked quite often, is there's really not much that you can do if you're going to be let go. Certainly not much you can do in terms of not uh, preventing that from happening. Right. If the company's gonna let you go, they're gonna let you go. And the only thing we can do at that point is to make sure that you get what you're owed as a result of it. Uh, we can't undo it, we can't change their mind. Now, I guess in the rare situation, if maybe they thought you were not doing a good job and you never told them that you're really struggling with a medical condition, maybe now's the time before they pull the trigger to let them know you have that medical condition. Maybe that may change something. You know, I know I haven't been uh, meeting up to, uh, to our standards uh, recently, but I, I didn't want to tell you, but here's what you should know. I have this medical condition. Here's my doctor's note. Well, that may be the case. But if that's not the case, they're letting you go. It's restructuring or what have you. You cannot do anything about preventing it, but what you can do absolutely is make sure you get what you're owed. And that's what I'll, what I'll help you with. You can go to severancepaycalculator.com or pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. In the meantime, get a copy, have a copy of your employment agreement handy, have a copy of an employee handbook or manual or a bonus policy. We may need to review those once uh, you're, you're out of there. Uh, but what doesn't work, what I don't want you to do is to say, ah, they're coming in on Friday. I know what to do. I'll take a sick day. Yeah, sick days. Sick days. I'm going to just mm. go on a medical leave. That's right. not going to change anything, okay? It may delay it by a few days, but it's not going to prevent you from being terminated. Uh, we have to deal with the termination but again, if there is a medical condition that's intervening and you think may form part of the decision-making, tell your employer. Make sure it's in writing. Give them a doctor's note. Who knows? That could actually change things. Working down our list of Lior, what do I do? I'm ready to return to work from a leave, but my boss said that I have no job to return to. He's even offered to help me get EI. Nice uh, guy. Should I accept his help? That's very generous. Yeah. No, uh, you shouldn't uh, because there, there may be a lot more to this. Number one, Looked at it from its best, uh, from the best perspective of the employer. Let's assume the termination is legitimate, mm -hmm. cannot be helped. Well, you're out severance. So right now, the discussion should not be about EI employment insurance. It should be about severance. What am I getting? How much am I owed? Okay, uh, and an employer may say, well, because you've been off, we don't have to pay you severance. Nonsense. Of course, they have to pay you severance. In fact, if you're not completely healthy, they may have to pay even more severance. Don't worry about EI. You don't need anyone's help to get EI. You'll get your record of employment. You'll apply for EI. Your employer is not doing you any favors by, quote, unquote, helping you. Your employer should pay you your severance. But the other issue is if you're coming back from a medical leave, why aren't you being taken back to work? Why is there no job? Is it because the employer is not trying to find a job? Is it because they don't want to bring you back? Or is it legitimate? Because if it's not legitimate, that's a human rights violation. Your employer has the legal obligation to make all reasonable reasonable efforts 
to bring you back uh, to the same job, same pay. They have to look, if your, your job doesn't exist, they have to look for something similar. And it's only after they've done that and they've concluded that there's just nothing there, that's when they can terminate with severance. So don't worry about EI. What you do is you, you contact me. In the meantime, you want to ask your employer about your severance. You want to ask your employer, why aren't you being taken back? Uh, and if it's an unsatisfactory reason, if you don't get enough severance, you you help me, or you contact me, I'll help you get everything that you're owed. What if the situation is, yeah, you want to come back, yeah, there's still your job there, but the guy they've had doing it, or girl, since you've been gone, is an absolute rock star and they want to keep them, not you. So in a medical leave situation, the company does not have to let someone go just to take you back to the same role. They have to look for another role if that doesn't exist, something similar. And ultimately, if there really isn't anything, they have to... Uh, they have to pay you severance. So they, don't, they, they are allowed to say, you know, we like this person, so we're not going to let them go. That's very different, by the way, than a maternity leave or, or a parental leave situation. Right. In a parental leave situation, the company cannot, cannot say, we're going to keep the replacement and get rid of you. That's not something. That's illegal. Human rights violation, uh, violation of the Employment Standards Act, etc. But in a medical leave, they can do that so long as they try to find you an acceptable role and they fail. There's nothing there. But of course, John, you still get severance. The list of, hey, Lior, what do I do? I've just been fired. I have, count them, three days to sign a severance offer that the company says, well, it's quite generous. What do I do? Well, first of all, it's not generous. (laughs) It's not generous because well over 90% of cases, it's not even close to being generous. It's not even close to being adequate. Forget generous. So that three-day deadline is meaningless. It's a pressure tactic. It's a and I, I, John, I've used this example before, but it's the best example that I know how to use. If I owed you a hundred dollars mm. and I said, John, I'm gonna pay you thirty, but you better accept by Friday. Nope. You'll say uh, no, no, exactly. You say no, you'll pay me a uh, hundred dollars within and, two years. Get it exactly. done. Yeah. <laughs> and and if you want me to accept by Friday, you better offer me something that's more than a hundred. Otherwise, just pay me my hundred and let me go. Right. So the same thing with severance. Company offers less than what they owe, and they make that conditional new signing by Friday. It's absurd. So because of that, you don't have to worry about it. You shouldn't have to worry about it. That deadline is meaningless. So you're going to say thanks, but no thanks. You're going to go to severancepaycalculator.com. You're going to go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You're going to contact me or someone else if you don't want to contact me. But you're going to do something other than accepting and falling for that pressure tactic. Because if you do, if you sign it because you felt that pressure, there's a three-day deadline or whatever it is, you will find out very quickly that you're stuck. You cannot go back. You've lost out on God knows how much severance. Don't let that happen to you. That deadline is meaningless. Your rights don't expire for two whole years, two years. So what do you do when you're looking at that deadline? You don't do anything with it. You take the time you need to get that advice. I've given you plenty of information as to how to do that, where to go. And only after you've get, you've gotten that advice are you ever in the position to decide whether you should accept. I'm going to slide this last one in here quickly before we break. Lior, what do I do? My boss offered to help me resign instead of being let go. What do I do? Yeah, well, you know, here's the thing. It's like, tell you what, we're going to let you go, but we're going to give you that opportunity to resign out of the goodness of our heart. No, don't do that. Uh, the company is trying to avoid having to pay you severance. If the company doesn't want you to work there, let them let you go. Right. Get the severance that you're that's, you owe. You may think, well, that's going to hurt me finding another job. It's not, okay? Now, if you did something terrible, if you've committed fraud and the company says, resign or we're going to fire you, well, that's cause. So, yeah, may as well resign. Fine. Mm-hmm. 
you're not going to get severance anyway. But unless you did something awful, it's better to be terminated than to resign. Don't allow the company to come up with a reason not to have to pay you severance. Bad idea. Tell them thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to continue working until you tell me otherwise. And there's no record of my history, right? There Doesn't isn't. Exist. There isn't. There's no database that's kept somewhere in someone's basement that shows uh, why someone was let go, how they were let go. Nonsense. You don't have to worry about that. Get the severance that you're owed. Uh, and oftentimes, if the company tries to make improper allegations, uh, we can rewrite history. We can get them to, to get rid of those, give you a letter of reference, and, of course, that severance that you're owed. Going to wrap it with your emails in the next segment, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. It's the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. Employment Law Show continues with uh, some emails here. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the way to go. Dana, up first, says, I've been off on a stress leave for two months but don't want to go back to work because I'm afraid of how I will be treated. What can I do, Lior? Well, you know, it, it is a common situation. Where, you know, you have a poison work environment. Yep. You have to go on a stress leave. And then you, you say, okay, I feel better, but I don't want to go back to the place that you made worse. me kind of sick to begin with. Yeah. So, you know, th- this is a tricky one because if you can establish what happened, what uh, was happening in the workplace that made you sick, that made you feel that stress, then you don't have to go back. That's a constructive dismissal. The problem is always showing it, proving it. The company is not going to just put up its hand and say, yes, we did it, right? So is there a record? Is there some record of you speaking with HR or complaining to HR? Uh, did you do something about it? Is there anyone in the workplace that can corroborate, that's willing to corroborate what you're saying? If we have something like this, you don't have to go back. It's a constructive dismissal. If there isn't, if it's just your word against someone else's, consider going back for a while and let's start building up a case, okay? Let's go speak with HR, document that. Let's send emails documenting what happened and then we'll have enough to treat that as a constructive dismissal. I understand why you don't want to go back, but if you just quit and you're not prepared to do that, you don't have the, the goods to back up what happened, it may just be a resignation, you're not owed any compensation. The general rule is if you resign as a result of a poison work environment, that's a termination. You get severance, but you still have to show that that poison work environment right. existed. Bill's up next. His email says, I've been working for my employer for the last year. I'm considered part-time, but I work 30 to 35 hours a week. I think they'll be letting me go. Do I lose my severance because I'm not full-time? Absolutely not. And uh, the law, by the way, you should, you should know that, John, the law actually doesn't define full-time, part-time. It just defines mm. employed and unemployed. Right. Uh, so employers come up with these terms. For some employers, 30 hours is considered full-time. For others, 42 hours is considered full-time. It doesn't really matter. When it comes to termination, certainly it doesn't matter. If you have a job and you lost that job, you get severance. It's as simple as that. doesn't matter if you're classified full-time, part-time, if you're on the benefits plan or not, if the company considers you to have tenure or not. It does not matter. You lost your job, you get severance. That applies here. Ron is up next. Again, it's help at employmentlawyer.ca. Ron says, I've been struggling with a drinking problem over the last year. I think my employer is starting to suspect that there is something wrong, and I'm afraid they may let me go because of it. If I am let go, is there anything I can do? Well, I think there's something you could do before you're let go. And remember, drinking problem, uh, alcoholism, whatever you want to call it, is considered a disability. It's a disability. Just like you know, having a, a bad back or a bad neck is a disability potentially, so is uh, having a drinking problem. So if you're going to be let go because of your work performance that flows from your disability, you should make sure your employer knows that. Make sure your employer knows you have that condition. I know it's not comfortable to talk to someone and say, I have a drinking problem. But if your employer doesn't know, or at least can say that they don't know, 
they can let you go and th- th- there's really no repercussions here. Mm. So you want to put the, the onus on the employer now and you tell them. You tell them you have a, a medical condition, you have a drinking problem, tell them that that's why your performance has, has deteriorate, uh, deteriorated, that's why you haven't been able to do as good a job as you wanted to. Once they know that, they cannot let you go because you cannot be let go for a disability. It doesn't matter what that disability is. At that point, they have to provide some accommodation. They may allow you time off to get better and get healthy. They have to be a lot more understanding about your situation. So if you're concerned about being let go in that situation, that's what you do. Now, if you tell your employer that you have this disability and they still let you go, well, now it's a big problem for the employer. Now it's a human rights violation. Now it's a wrongful dismissal. Now it's bad, bad uh, stuff that the employer did. So tell your employer it's not easy, but it's important you do that. Mm-hmm. Probably the best way to maintain and preserve your job. The number is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Email that we're pulling from is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Elizabeth, I'm next. Says I've had two surgeries over the last ten months. And I had to miss work for a few weeks each time. When I came back, my employer told me that I've exhausted all my leave days and I can't take any more time off. Forget about it. What happens if I need to miss more work for medical reasons? There's no such thing as leave days or a finite number of leave days. What I mean by that is you can be off as long as you need to, okay? As long as you need to to get better. Doesn't matter if it's a few weeks, a few months, sometimes even years, all right? And the employer doesn't get to decide how many days you take off. Now, an employer may have a sick day policy or a paid sick day policy. Yeah. They'll say, we'll pay you for two, 10, five, whatever it is, paid sick days in a year. So if you've exhausted those days, that may mean you're not going to get paid, paid right. but you can still be off as long as you need to. Now, the, you may have a short-term disability plan that you can apply to or a long-term disability plan you can apply to. You can also apply for EI sickness benefits. But the bottom line, and what I want you to understand, is your employer cannot simply decide how many days you're allowed to be sick. It doesn't work that way. You don't plan to be sick. You don't want to be sick. If your employer lets you go or considers you to have resigned because you've been sick and missed work, that is illegal. That's a human rights violation. You can't accept that. You call me as soon as that happens. We'll get Crystal in here quickly. Says, I'm a private school teacher and my contract gets renewed at the end of the school year. I just found out that I'm pregnant and I'm worried that they won't renew my contract at the end of this year. Can they do that? No, they can't. And if you were uh, working in a private school anywhere else and you, you kind of always come back and it's assumed that you're going to mm-hmm. come back at the beginning of the next season and all of a sudden now you're not coming back and the only thing that's changed is you're pregnant. Well, guess what? You're not coming back because you were pregnant. You're not coming back because you took a pregnancy leave and that's illegal. What do we say, John? We don't mess with mama. mama you you just don't. So no, and, and that can't happen. And remember, if you're on a contract that renews every year kind of automatically, the law considers you to no longer be on contract. The law considers you to be a regular employee. And that means that even if the contract doesn't quote-unquote renew, if you're not called back, that's a termination. You are owed severance. Very important to remember that. Good for another show, my friend. To reach out, get a hold of Lior, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And if you haven't checked it out yet, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. Lots of tools on there for you to use and peruse your own time. There's also contact at the bottom as well to reach out. Till next time, Employment Law Show right here on Global News Radio. <laughs>